Hey ladies and gents, Frank Flake here. Just before you listen to this episode, I wanted to put out a quick disclaimer and a quick apology if I'm honest. We have had some gremlins in the system and in a couple of places there is a bit of electrical interference. Please bear with us. Hopefully you can still understand my message and the learnings are still clear. We will do our best to sort these out for the next episode. Thanks ever so much and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Sophisticated Property Investing Podcast. Hi there ladies and gents and welcome to this episode of the Sophisticated Property Investment Podcast with me, your host Frank Flagg. And in this episode I'm going to get a little sentimental on you because I talk a lot about doing deals, leveraging your work through joint ventures, how to pick joint venture partners etc. And in this episode I'm going to talk about how I have just last week dissolved my longest standing joint venture. Yeah, it's a little bit emotional. It's a little bit like a divorce. It's a a weird one, actually. My biggest gratitude is that it was completely amicable, not a crossword, not a, not even a difference of opinion or trajectory. It was just the right time to dissolve the JV. We started buying the portfolio. It was a portfolio of originally 16 properties. We started buying, my business partner and I started buying them in 2008. So 15 years ago, he had this existing portfolio that I bought into. So we were making good money in the business. So I was giving him money. It was it was actually not a very good deal for me. I probably in in retrospect shouldn't have done it, but it got my feet under the table in terms of building a portfolio. For those 15 years, we've then managed the properties together. I think I managed them for about probably about half the time actually. We sold some of them and really just looked after the portfolio and it's looked after us for that uh, for that period of time it's made decent money and it got to the stage where my business partner wanted to invest quite a lot of money in doing the portfolio up and leasing all of it out to charities that's become a bit of a, a niche for him and over the last five years or so we have probably sat down for a coffee once every six months once every 12 months just to decide how we're getting on what we're up to how we're feeling about stuff and for the last few coffees we've realized that we're probably not going to do any more business together just the different trajectories that we're on funnily enough (laughs) he's interested in franchising his um his skill set which is kind of now has become build to rent but for other organizations so for housing associations funnily enough i have offered to sit down and help him to structure his um his franchise in a in a way that works but in terms of us joint venturing together and doing stuff together it's we've decided you know it's it's unlikely and so we looked at it and we thought well there is a cost to this joint venture we have to keep considering the other person we have to report to one another there are decisions that need to be made that we need to check with each other and it's exactly exactly what I teach about joint ventures. If one person can make a hundred pounds on their own and another person can make a hundred pounds on their own, if those two people start working together and there's no synergy between them, then they'll make a hundred and seventy pounds together because the cost, the friction, 
of them working together is will slow them down. And that's kind of where we got to after 15 years. And originally we talked about him coming into my Thai curry business and importing Thai curry with me. And we were going to go 50-50 on everything, actually. We never actually did. He never had a slice of the Thai curry business. And after about 2010, we dissolved the sourcing company where we were sourcing properties for investors but between 2008 and 20 late 2010 so for about three three years we sourced well in 2009 we sourced 29 properties and in those days we were buying them so we were buying them doing them up tenanting them and selling them to investors so the margins were high it was with this business partner that i bought my first nice car as opposed to something for a few hundred quid. <laughs> we realized that getting our interests aligned was really important. What I realized now actually is we were both too focused on what the other was doing and on fairness. So now I don't count the holidays that my JV partners have. I don't think about the other business interests that they have. I don't count how much time they put into JVs. I just focus on the synergy in the JV and the progress that the joint venture's making. Are we doing what needs to be done in order to make the JV a success? The irony is probably now, well definitely now, because it would have been a market value purchase. We were trying to get equality in the joint venture and it was a win-win. Friday last week on the phone, we decided the best way of splitting the portfolio of, of, of me exiting the, the properties that still owned in his name, which made it easier for him to buy me out. So we've decided a way of him buying me out in terms of property and cash that, uh, that he's going to give me. And uh, this week we're giving it to our professional advisors to rubber stamp it in terms of tax and legalities, etc. So we shook we shook over the phone and uh, and have dissolved the JV, which I have to admit I'm quite excited about. It's a funny one. I do. I feel a bit nostalgic, a bit sad, a bit excited. Massive sense of gratitude for the the 15 years of working together. Massive sense of gratitude that we could still, even on the last day, see eye to eye and and understand and be fair. I guess just be be courteous and ethical and fair. We didn't agree with, on everything in the meeting. For example, the property that I'm getting out of the JV, my partner wanted me to buy it off him, ideally in 12 months, definitely in 24. And we agreed that it would be within 36. So that was a compromise of his. I wanted him to pay 50% of the purchase costs of the property because it's a dissolving of our partnership. So it's a 50-50 JV. So it should be a 50-50 cost. He made the point that I had bought into the portfolio. So now I was buying out and that he'd already bought these properties and paid all the acquisition costs. So why was he paying an exit fee? And I said, okay, let's, let's keep them separate then. So I'll pay the purchase costs of this property. And so even on the last, and, and that's an example of that friction. That's an example of that cost. We had to talk it through. He had to look at it from my perspective. I had to look at it from his perspective. And then we 
agreed on a solution. On the same day, last Friday, I had a joint venture offer. I've spent a few days thinking about it now and I thought I'd share that opportunity with you because these are the decisions that you have to make almost every day. And you might think to yourself, well, I don't make joint venture decisions every day, Frank. I don't dissolve JVs. I don't create JVs. I'm not offered them. And that may be the case. However, we do make decisions every day about how to invest our time and and if you're an active sophisticated property investor then you should be making decisions every day about how to structure deals and how to buy those deals whether you should buy them etc and so on friday i was offered an equity share in a land sourcing company i guess is the way i'd phrase it and then there's a new partner that's come into the business don't know them nearly as well probably have only known them for maybe two years they've got a little bit of a track record they've done a few successful deals talking about two three four successful deals where they've secured land joint ventured with the landowners to get planning permission and then they've sold on to developers talking seven figure profits from some of these deals so it's a lucrative business buy-in is quite expensive because it's a lucrative business i actually think i can bring quite a lot to the business in terms of strategy in terms of marketing and sales they've got good professional advisors in place in terms of lawyers and architects and planning consultants and so everything stacks up and i was sat in the meeting thinking this is a really good opportunity these are big chunks of money there's one at the moment with a i think it's an eight million pound fee business partner that i've known for a long time trust is quite high and an area that i'm not really involved in ironically or coincidentally coincidentally i am applying for planning permission at the moment on a on two sites and so i do this a little bit but i do it on a single garden or a single piece of land i'm typically applying for permission on this for, for a single dwelling whereas they're talking about a few hundred dwellings on some of these pieces of land considering the joint venture and we, we gave ourselves two weeks and i've decided not to do it i pride myself on being an action taker my identity is that i spot opportunities and that opportunities are attracted to me or that i'm attractive to opportunities and that when they cross my desk i take action and grasp them with both hands and so to this is definitely an opportunity there's good money in it and i'm turning it down and it, it's a sign of my maturity you might be listening to this saying well hang on frank you've just said there's good money in it and there is i reckon over the next five years there could be as much as five million pounds for me in this jv and it's not a big outlay of uh, of capital. It's about 450 odd thousand pound outlay to buy in. I've decided I'm gonna pass up on it. I'm gonna phone the guy today and let him know my thoughts. And I've been reflecting on why. Why am I gonna pass up on this opportunity? And it's actually because I don't think there's a good value fit between me and the new partner, the new business partner. He's a nice enough guy, pleasant enough, but I just think I will annoy him and he will annoy me. I went through the investment prospectus and some of the agreements and I went through them line by line and I guess they frustrated me. They weren't as good as 
as I'd like them to be. They weren't as accurate. And I thought, I'm going to be at my most gracious and understanding right now. I haven't got skin in the game. Everything looks rosy and shiny. And this is their investment pack. So if I'm already reading this thinking, it's a shame it's not a bit better. It's a shame it's not a bit tighter. It's a shame. How am I going to feel two years down the line? But equally, how's the other guy going to feel? It's not like a, it's not a one-way street. He's doing a good job. He's earning good money. So who am I to tell him he needs to do things differently? And it and it's just that how I do things, how he does things, that's not going to gel. I think the friction will be too great for the money that's going to be paid. I just have a sense, and I don't think that's it in anyone's best interests. I think today they really want the money investment and they think they want my business acumen and input but actually I think in time they'd wish they didn't have my input my business acumen and possibly a joint venture partner who take less equity. This is the only time in my life to date I would have said no to this kind of a joint venture and it's because I have done too many joint ventures where the cost of the collaboration costs more than I expected and the output and profitability of the enterprise pays out less than anticipated. So it costs you more work to do it. It costs you more time and effort and energy to run the JV and the JV makes you less than you'd expected. When you combine those two, it's quite a painful situation and not all of them do that, but most do to an extent, especially if you're as optimistic as I am at the outset. And I've done too many joint ventures where I've loved working with the other person. I spend an hour meeting with them and they go and do 10 hours of work and we absolutely fly in it and it does incredibly well where there's a huge match of values and synergy between the parties involved doing this business will stop me from doing other businesses I don't have a finite amount of time I want to do businesses like the 15-year business that's just come to an end. I want to feel warm and fluffy and excited when I'm starting it, which I did on that business in 2008. I want to feel trusting and comfortable with my JV partner through the next 15 years. And I want us to be able to exit the venture amicably, happily, to mutual benefit. And I think it's that experience of having had these JVs for that long and having had so many of them run so well that has made me realize what's possible and raise my standards, I guess. And that's not a big-headed, egotistical statement. It's, it's raising my standards for the other people as well. They might really want to work with me, but if I know it's not going to work well, then it's not fair and it's not good to enter into the JV because that's going to have an opportunity cost for them. If I know it's not going to be amazing, I think I have a responsibility to be protecting their time and their money also. And that comes back to Stephen Covey's teachings. He talks about only doing a deal if it's a win-win. If it's going to be a win-lose where you win, 
but they lose. And I sometimes come across joint ventures where I think I can win out of this, but that's just going to upset you. You're just going to be disappointed. Then no deal is better. This is what Stephen Covey says. Stephen Covey says no deal is better than a win-lose or a lose-win. It's really important to fully evaluate the opportunity to decide if it truly is a win for you and for them. And in this instance, I'm not convinced. I might be wrong, but I'd rather be wrong and not do the deal. And this is, I think, the difference between Frank Flegg today in 2023 and Frank Flegg 10, 15 years ago. And I think it's also my attitude to risk. I'd rather be picky about the joint ventures and the opportunities I do and have the ones that take off and fly and miss out on some really good joint ventures than try and do long shot joint ventures and have some of them not work out. Because if they don't work out, there's a lot of negativity attached. There's a lot of awkward conversations and emotion, sometimes lawyers. And all of that is is very negative energy. I'm going out to Madeira in two or three weeks' time to spend three or four days with one of my mentors, or two of my mentors, actually. They're a husband and wife team. They talk a lot about red and green energy. Green energy is good energy, healthy energy, where you want to be investing your time. It's where you want to live. Red energy is negative, confrontational, sapping energy, and you want to avoid it at all costs. And I think with this second JV, the chances of it becoming red energy are quite high, and I don't want that. And there you have it, a 15-year JV that I'm really pleased to have had, really grateful to have had. And we ended, actually, by saying perhaps we'll do something together in the future, and I, and I do think that is possible. We can't see it right now, but it's possible for sure. And then another JV opportunity where, although it's enticing and attractive, I'm going to pass it up. If anyone sat there listening to this and you're thinking, well, I'd be interested, Frank. I'd be interested in putting in 450 grand and making potentially, it is a potential, five million pounds in um, over the next five years. Feel free to get in touch. I'll introduce the two of you so that you can have a conversation because you might have a different values match with the guys. You might have a different criteria for success and it might suit you down to the ground because as I say it is a good opportunity. I hope this insight into those two joint ventures guys has provoked some thoughts in you and what your criteria for success is when looking at business opportunities. What you would say yes to, what you would say no to how you would differentiate between a joint venture opportunity that you would do and a joint venture opportunity that you wouldn't do. Until next time, happy investing. Sophisticated property investing. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing now.